Greetings, Crosspoint Church and friends. Our great Bible stories sermon series was scheduled to begin today, but I think we'll delay that one week. Actually, my grandson, Austin White, will be here and will be preaching to us next week, and he'll begin that sermon series. But it just seems to me that in these this first, first services back in our building, that it's a very good time to ask a key question. It's a key question for you. It's a key question for me. It's a key question for us, for Cross Point Church, for any church, for anyone, for everyone listening. And that key question is simply this, what kind of church should we be? Let's pray together. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. We want to see you. Amen. Back in my first days of teaching junior high school, today I guess it probably would be middle school, I taught with this assumption, this assumption. If you teach something once, that should do it. They would get it, and then I could move on. Well, silly me. As I prepared this sermon, it occurred to me that the religious leaders of Jesus' day, in spite of their constant study of the scriptures, they didn't get it. But then, when I think of the 12 disciples, some of what appears to be the most basic, fundamental truths that Jesus taught at times seemed to go right over their heads. They didn't get it. Listen now to this little scenario that someone wrote who had a lot of imagination about what could have taken place when Jesus was teaching. It goes like this. And Jesus said to them, I give you a new commandment. Love one another and everyone you meet as I have loved you. By this love will everyone know that you are my disciples. And Simon Peter said, do we have to write this down? And Andrew said, will this be on the test? James said, does spelling count? Philip speaks up and asks, do we have to know this word for word? Matthew says, when do we get out of here today? John speaks up and says, does this apply to all of us? Thomas says, I doubt that this will ever work. And Judas said, what does this have to do with real life? And Jesus wept. That sounds a lot, those kinds of questions sound a lot like that junior high class so many years ago. They didn't get it. We're going to look today at Luke chapter 6, verses 36 to 50. And the question that I've already mentioned to you that we're going to answer, the question again is, what kind of church should we be? And, and as I studied this scripture, I found myself thinking the church should be nothing like a church that those Pharisees and teachers of the law would have organized. They didn't get it. They missed it completely. 
And as I read this scripture, we're going to read it now, my thought is this. Think this thought with me. The church should be like Jesus. Luke 7, verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to come to his home for a meal. So Jesus accepted the invitation and sat down to eat. A certain immoral woman heard he was there and brought a beautiful jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee, who was the host, saw what was happening and who the woman was, he said to himself, this proves that Jesus is no prophet. If God really had sent him, he would know what kind of a woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus spoke up and answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. All right, teacher, Simon replied, go ahead. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other, but neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer to wash water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss of greeting, but she has kissed my feet again and again from the time I first came in. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven, so she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The man at the table said among themselves, who does this man think he is going around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What a model here in this passage. What a model Jesus is for the church today. What an example for you. What an example for me. If only we could think like he did. If only we could speak as he spoke. If only we could act like he did. But sometimes I wonder, do we get it? What kind of church should we be? The church should be like Jesus. Let me spell it out for you in four simple statements. Here's the first. Jesus went anywhere and everywhere. The scripture we read moments ago says, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to come to his home for a meal, so Jesus accepted. And at first glance, perhaps we're inclined to think, nice guy, this Pharisee, having Jesus over for lunch. But a closer look reveals that he was no friend at all to Jesus. In those days when a guest entered a house, three things were always done. Number one, the host placed his hand on the guest's 
shoulder, and it was a mark of respect. Number two, cool water was poured over the guest's feet to cleanse and to comfort the guest. And number three, drops of a sweet-smelling perfume were poured over the guest's head. These things were simply good manners in that day, and not one of these was done. Apparently, Simon had Jesus in his home. He was out to trap him, to accuse him, to discredit him, to catch Jesus in perhaps some breaking of the law. When Jesus allowed the woman to anoint his feet, Simon's response, ah, he says, this is, the, he's no prophet. This proves it. I knew it. God didn't send him. You see, Jesus knew all about this self-righteous Pharisee, but he went to his home anyway. Jesus went anywhere. Jesus went everywhere. Oh, yes, he went to the synagogue. That's, that would be the Jewish place of worship in that day. He went there on, on the Sabbath and other days too. But Jesus went anywhere and everywhere where there were hurting, hungry, lost people. He hung out with the people in his day that were considered the worst of society. The prostitutes, the tax collectors, so frowned on in that day. So then, so then, down through the centuries, how did the church, how, how has the church at times come to resemble the attitude of this Pharisee more than being like Jesus? The Pharisee wouldn't touch this sinful woman. He wouldn't even go near her. Then, then how, I use the expression, how in heaven's name did this I'm better than you attitude leak into the church of Jesus Christ down through the centuries? How could that be? Jesus went anywhere and everywhere. What if Jesus showed up in our city and came by our church? Do you think he'd, do you think he'd attend our 830 service or would he, would he show up at the 10 or maybe the 1130? And I wonder if he'd choose none of the three, I wonder if he wouldn't opt to be in our downtown area seeking out the homeless and the friendless and the hurting and the addict, addict that has given up all hope of ever getting a handle on his or her problem. Jesus said, Jesus said about us that we're to be salt and light out there. And I wonder... I wonder, as I, as I soaked in this passage this week, I wonder, have we, have we overemphasized our in-house ministries to the detriment of our out-there-in-the-community ministries? That's a question we all ought to consider. What kind of church should we be like Jesus? And Jesus went anywhere and everywhere. That's the first statement. Here's the second. What kind of church should we be? Number two, Jesus accepted everyone unconditionally. I take you back to the scripture, verse 37. A certain immoral woman heard he was there and brought a beautiful jar filled with expensive perfume, knelt at his feet, weeping. She kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. 
obvious. It was obvious that, that Jesus, Jesus accepted her to the chagrin of this proud Pharisee. Interesting, isn't it? The, the, the Pharisees honestly believed that the way to correct sinners was to boycott them and make them feel the social disapproval of their sins by scornful aloofness. Jesus believed the opposite. Do you ever wonder what it was about Jesus that drew people to him? What was it about Jesus that caused the regular, ordinary people of the, of the streets to press in upon him and flock to him? What was it about Jesus that attracted the outcasts even to resonate with him? What was it about Jesus that attracted the masses to him? Why did they come from far and wide just to get a glimpse of him? Why did they crowd the roadsides to see him and the mountainsides to hear him? Why did the lepers and the blind people and the sick people seek him out? Isn't it obvious? Because he accepted them, because he welcomed them, because he valued them, because he loved them. On a cold winter morning, a woman saw a little boy standing on the grating just outside a bakery. It was snowing and sleeting, and the little boy was barefooted and had no coat, just a tattered t-shirt and worn out jeans. He was trying to warm himself with the air coming up from the vents of the, of the bakery grating. The woman's heart went out to the little boy and she couldn't, she couldn't stand to see him shivering in the cold. Says she, where are your shoes and coat? And when he told her he didn't have any shoes or coat, she took him by the hand and they went to a nearby store and she bought him a nice coat and some shoes and some socks and some gloves. And he was so proud, he thanked her. He thanked her again and he thanked her again and then he asked her a surprising question. He said, lady, are you God's wife? And she was embarrassed by the question that the little fellow asked at first, but then she replied, no, I'm not God's wife, but I am one of his children. And the little boy broke into a big grin and he says, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. I just knew you were some kin to him. Do people think do people think that you and I are kin to Jesus? Five years ago, I was uh, <clears throat> pastoring in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Just a couple of blocks away, there was a correctional facility where several of our men went over there a night a week to minister to the inmates. On one of those nights, one of the inmates posed this question to one of our men. He said, would I be welcome to attend your church after my release? And as I reflect on that, why did he have to ask? Jesus accepted everyone unconditionally, everyone. What about it? Let me ask you a tough question. What about, the, what about the pedophile who has served his time, 
and he's been released and he cannot go back to his hometown. So he moves to our city and to, to begin a new life here in this area. Is he welcome here? Jesus accepted everyone, no exceptions unconditionally. What kind of church should we be like Jesus? Here's the third statement. Jesus told it like it was. In verse 39 that we read, the Pharisee was thinking his vile thoughts, and Jesus spoke up and answered his thoughts. Isn't that interesting? Answered his thoughts. Jesus knew what he was thinking. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. And, uh, and Jesus then confronted him and told him the story of the man who loaned the money. And in case the Pharisee didn't quite get it, Jesus told him straight up, you didn't offer me water. You didn't give me a kiss of greeting. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head. Jesus confronted this Pharisee with his sins of pride and arrogance and contempt. And then he confronted the woman with her sinfulness. But I want you to notice here how he did it. Jesus confronted her in the most awesome way. Verse 48, we just read it. Here's what it says. Notice what it says. Jesus said, your sins are despicable. No, it's not what he said. He said, your sins are forgiven. You see, Jesus accepts us, but that doesn't mean that he accepts our sinful behavior. One writer put it this way, Jesus accepts us as we are, but loves us too much to leave us that way. Isn't that good? Many in the church today, I believe it's true. Many in the church today confuse acceptance of folk with approval of their behavior. How many times through the years did I watch, see Billy Graham interviewed on TV by members of the press, perhaps a talk show host, and he was often questioned about some controversial issue in the culture of his day, and he never failed to tell it like it was, but he was never judgmental. He was never, never spoke with disgust. He did tell it like he was. He never gave his opinion. He was always firm yet kind, and I can recall his words so clearly. When asked a question about an issue, he would respond, the Bible says. What kind of church should we be like Jesus? Jesus went anywhere and everywhere. Jesus accepted everyone unconditionally, but he did tell it like it was. And here's the last statement I'd share with you today. Jesus wasn't in the judgment business. He was in the forgiveness business. I take you back to verse 48. Jesus to this woman, this immoral woman. He didn't say to her, let me remind you, what I expect from here on out in this area of sexual behavior. What you're doing is wrong, quit it. This must stop, no. His words to her was, your sins are forgiven. There was no need. There's no need to confront this woman. She was already repentant. I want us here at Cross Point to be more like Jesus, don't you? Jesus, just, and what was Jesus? He just loved people. Yes, he did. 
Yes, he did hold up a standard, as we should, but we should leave the judging to God. People are broken. They know it. They don't need a judge. They need acceptance and forgiveness in that order. We're not in the judgment business here at Crosspoint. We are in the forgiveness business. And we all need to see ourselves as sinners who desperately need Christ as Savior for forgiveness. The great pianist Paderewski had a friend whose little girl was going to give a piano recital. And out of respect for his friend, Paderewski accepted the girl's invitation to her recital. But when she saw the famous pianist in the audience, she got stage fright, forgot her piece, broke down in tears. And at the close of the concert, the great pianist Paderewski said nothing to her, but went up and tenderly kissed her on the forehead and left. How like Jesus. Don't know where I read this years ago, but I, I bring this statement to mind often and on occasion, even in a conversation, find myself saying this. The church is not a museum where we put saints on display. The church is a hospital for sinners. You see, a museum where we put saints on display, that would be the kind of church the Pharisees would have set up. But a hospital for sinners, that's Jesus' church. The Pharisees had religion. And religion has some good views. But we have the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. Let's be a church that will go anywhere and everywhere. Let's be a church that accepts people unconditionally. Let's be a church, yes, that tells it like it is, loves every sinner but confronts the sin, and let's be a church that is in primarily in the forgiveness business, not in the judgment business. So do you get it? Yes? I want to be part of a church like that. Don't you? I want to be the pastor of a church like that. Let's pray. Father, your word, so clear, so powerful, sharper than a double-edged sword, do indeed this truth pierce to the quick of our hearts. Help us to see, Father, that the church today ought to be a mere reflection of how you treated people when you were here. Help us to be like you. Change our hearts, O oh God. Change this pastor's heart, O oh God. Help us to be more like Jesus. And that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.